And here we go. That's right, you're back in Red's line. And what does that mean? We got another game recap for you. But tonight's Red's line game recap is going to be so full that I don't even know if you're going to be able to eat tomorrow, okay? It's going to be like one of those buffet-type Red's lines where there's so much going on, so much information, you don't even know what's going to happen. We might, I don't even have a clue what's going to happen today because the Red's, while many good things happened today, many bad bottom of the barrel, almost stupid things happened today as far as baseball operations. And then tonight we get more news, but as Redline must go on, we got to get into the game. So what did I tell you last night about this uh, Rodriguez player or whatever, this pitcher, for the uh, San Francisco Giants, he was going up against Tanner Rourke. And uh, what have I been saying about Tanner Rourke? I said, Tanner Rourke, you got to give me seven innings or you're going on the bad things list. Tanner Rourke almost made it. Six and two-thirds innings. That Duger or Dugar or however you pronounce that guy's name, he just got his number. Uh... Only four hits, I think, today, and three of them were at the bottom of the lineup, and I think Degar had two of them. Don't quote me. I'm doing this off the top of my head. But anyways, so let's get into the game. First inning, and we got to talk about Yasiel Puig today. This was probably his best all-around game for, as a Cincinnati Red, and as the you know the temperature rises, which means it goes from colder weather to warmer weather, you people over in the corner with the with the uh, dunce hats on, dunce hats, you know, the, the dense people, he's warming up. So he had a really good game. Well, he drove in the first run of the day, and I'm telling you, he had three hits, and he hit the ball hard every time up today pretty much, except I think he did do a fly out or whatever. It wasn't the greatest hit, but he's really seeing the ball a little bit better, and he's getting in a groove. And if they can just leave him alone, not mess with him, leave him in the four hole, he'll probably just quietly, well, not even quietly, he'll probably put together 35 home runs and 125, 130 RBIs. Yes, I said 125, 135. Why? Because if the Reds just do the right thing and move Joey Votto out of that leadoff hole and put Senzel in the leadoff hole, just like the Astros did with Carlos Correa, their shortstop, <laughs> and uh, the Cleveland Indians did with Francisco Lindor, their shortstop. <laughs> uh, of course, the Reds are using uh, Nick Senzel at center field, which is, uh, as you know, in Reds line, that is not recommended. We don't recommend the Senzel in, in center field. Uh, it's not the special that we recommend. I don't recommend it at all. Did I mention I don't recommend the Senzel in center field dish? It's just not that great of an idea to order it up. If you do, you're probably the owner's son and an investment banker. So, let's get back to this game. Puig drives in the first run of the game. It's one and nothing Reds. And then 
sort of something bad happens. The Giants tie it up in, I think, the top of the second. Isn't that right, producer? I think that's right. Top of the second. Yeah, that's Degar or whatever his name is. Uh, he singles in a run. And that's also the guy that singled in another the other run in the uh, seventh against uh, Roark. So this Degar just has his number. It's kind of crazy left-handed hitter. Uh, but let's not go too far deep into that, okay? The really cool thing is the third inning. Well, no, the top, the bottom of the second. Okay, because there was runners on, uh, I think, first and second. and Or first and third. I, I, I really can't remember. But that doesn't really matter. Let's just get in this thing. So... Uh, Tucker Barnhart, who's been having a horrible season, should have traded him to the Padres for the prospects that I told you to trade him to. Anyways, so Barnhart hits this just laser to Belt. And Brandon Belt's the first baseman for the San Francisco Giants. And he doesn't field the ball cleanly. So he's got a his only play really is to get the lead runner. Well, I guess he could have got Barnhart, but... Rourke is much slower, and I think because just the way he was positioned, he threw out Rourke a second. Ended up, Peraza scores. Yeah, Peraza was on base. Don't ask me how. Anyways, so uh, then that sets it up for Suarez because that could have been a double play ball, okay? But because he, he, met, he did that fielder's choice, Suarez comes up. And Suarez swats a three-run jack. Now, where do we see that before? I think we saw it last night twice by Derek Dietrich. But, uh, you know, I want to congratulate David Bell. He didn't double switch anybody out today. I guess you learned your lesson. Anyways, so Suarez hits a three-run jack. That puts the Reds up 5-1. to one. And really, they never looked back. Um, Barnhart comes back up in the... Uh, Fourth inning, he totally hits a home run and a totally tubular. No, I mean, he just, I was trying to talk about how he hit that rocket to belt in the uh, bottom of the second. Well, in the bottom of the fourth, he hit a pretty good uh, solo shot to right field. So he's hitting the ball better, definitely seeing the ball better. But I'm going to tell you that this Rodriguez was kind of giving up the old, uh, you know, he was doing his best beady impression. So while I hope the Reds capitalize on this and they let this translate into tomorrow's game and beyond, I I think just by having Nick Senzel in the lineup, it's going to be amazing. He's already walked three times in two games, uh, as was said on the telecast. He's walked more times in three two games than Peraza has all season. Hence, you might want to lead him off. It's not even rocket surgery, man. It's not brain science. Lead Senzel off. Back to the game. So, then we get to the bottom of the fifth. And that's when Derek Dietrich, remember, I, I don't know if I told you about this, but Suarez, that was his eighth home run, so that ties Jesse Winker for the team lead. Well, Derek Dietrich's not having any of that because in the bottom of the fifth, he hits his eighth home run, a solo shot, Reds are up seven to one after Barnhart's home run put him up six to one. And what happens? Uh, Nick Senzel. Well, I forgot to tell you earlier in the game, Senzel almost had 
his uh, first major league home run, Kevin Pillar, who I told the Reds to get him. But see, the Reds, the Reds front office, you know how I say they don't ever stick to a plan? Well, the one plan they stuck to was, we don't need no center fielder. We don't need no badges. Badges? You say badges? We don't need no stinking badges. See, the Reds front office, man, they don't need no stinking center fielders. So uh, when Kevin Pillar was given away for nothing, uh, the Reds just sat there on their hands. Giants got him for nothing, and he robbed Nick Senzel from a home run. Climbed the fence, actually. And uh, that's the baseball gods who I am in zen with telling uh, the Reds front office that, yeah, Jared Roberts was right. You should have listened to him. You should have got Kevin Pillar for nothing to have a gold glove caliber center fielder out there and a guy who's going to give you probably, oh, I don't know, 40, 50-plus extra base hits throughout the year. Yeah, buddy, should have done it. But you're such on the highway to, uh, you know, the bad special that I told you about, Sinzel in center field, that you guys had uh, blinders on, and you know what? You're going to learn your lesson. That was the baseball gods telling you right there you made a mistake. So, back to the game. Derek Dietrich home runs. Guess who home runs right after him? Goes back-to-back. Nick Sinzel. Just launches a ball opposite field. It was very impressive because it was almost like, okay, Pilar, you climb the ball for that, but uh, ain't nobody getting this ball in right field because it was way back there. I mean, we're not talking like, you know, second deck or whatever, but it was way up there in the seats. And a lucky fan got a really good memento, going to be able to trade that in, hopefully, and Senzel will get his uh, home run, uh, first home run ball. But Amazingly, Nick Senzel just really performed the last two games. And really, this is funny because the Reds could have had Senzel up last year as their starting shortstop, could have moved Peraza to center field, and really had a lot better team last year. They could have done it this year and had Senzel break camp with him again at shortstop and had Peraza in center field. But the revolving door, like, I'll tell you what the, the rest of the news that happened before the game. And you already probably already know about it, but let's just get through this game, and then we can get to uh, the boneheaded moves that the Dick Williams, who doesn't know how to make trades and doesn't know how to do anything but pay Brandon Phillips like twelve or thirteen million dollars to play for the Braves, and now he'll pay fourteen million dollars for Matt Kemp to probably play for the same San Francisco Giants that they lost to last night and then they beat today. Well. Back to the game. Senzel hits his first major league home run. That goes back to back. That puts the Reds up 8-1. to one. And then uh, this is when the top of the seventh happened. And I was just saying, come on, Roark. He, I think he uh, started that in, started that. I think he started that with 80-some pitches, but I don't know. I was, I was watching the pitch counter. And I just can't remember, okay? But it's not going to affect my 99.7 world-famous, universally renowned and known of always being right. So what happened was uh, Rourke's got basically two outs. He's got DeGar. I think he was on a 3-2 counter. He had two strikes on him. And then DeGar just places this ball in right field. And uh, that goes the second run. Uh that was his 113th pitch. I will agree with David Bell to pull him. I, he was at 113 pitches. What are you going to do? He should have got DeGar out, uh, or however you pronounce that guy's name. 
but it just didn't work out. It would have been awesome if he had gotten Degar. And, and I think, don't quote me on this, but I think he almost had a strikeout of him, but the umpire, you know, wasn't having that. He called it a ball. But that that might have been in another at-bat. So, like I said, don't quote me on that. I'm going off memory here. Don't have my subscription to Baseball America, Dougie Baseball. So, back to the game. That's when... Uh, well, what I didn't tell you earlier, which we're going to get to, is uh, for some unknown reason, this team it released Matt Kemp. It optioned Scott Shubler to AAA, and it recalled Cody Reed. Now, the special thing about these moves, and I don't mean special in a good way. I mean short bus special is the fact that the Reds have today's game, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you're going to run a baseball team, and I don't mean like upstairs, I mean down in the dugout. Uh, Lucy, you got some explaining to do because this team went into this game, game 33. Remember, 33. The 33rd game of David Bell's uh, managerial career. They had nine relievers, and of those nine relievers, you will never guess this, they had four left-handers, and I don't need to go into details about how much, or how much I know, a layman, a layperson, a novice person about baseball would know that you cannot, out of a 25-man roster, have nine relievers. And this team managed to do it, and they released Matt Kemp while we're doing it. And I'm going to get into this because they could have traded Kemp. They could have traded him before the season. They could have traded him during spring trading. They could have even traded him between now and whenever. But I just don't understand you. I let me get back to the game because it's gonna it's gonna get pretty uh, it's gonna get pretty cavalier in the old Reds line here in a second, but let's go back to the game. So Cody Reed, who was recalled because Scott Shubler was sent down, who Scott Shubler should have been traded before the season when he had that hot spring training, but the Reds they don't know what to do. I've seen this time and time before with this front office. They well, what do we do? We're in this box. We're trapped. We can't get anything good for trade. So what do we do? Oh, I guess we'll just uh, non-tender Billy Hamilton. Great idea, Cincinnati Reds. So you got nothing for Zach Cozart. You got nothing for uh, Billy Hamilton, and now you got nothing for Matt Kemp. Congratulations. No other front office would uh, last this long. Somebody would be losing their job. I got to get back into this game. So after uh, Cody Reed comes in, I think he gives up a hit and then strikes out uh, the next guy or what, whatever and gets out of the seventh. And then uh, basically Cody Reed, uh, well, anyways, I got to finish this out. Uh, bottom of the seventh, uh, Yashiel Puig hit launches a fly ball to center field, and they was not getting this baseball. His fifth home run of the year. He will be among the team leaders, uh, like I said. And I said he's going to probably be around 35 home runs. Don't be surprised if Puig puts a 40 spot on for the Cincinnati Reds this year for home runs. 
And uh, really proud of Yassiel Puig. I think that was his 16th RBI. Maybe maybe it's his 17th. I'll go in here and just double check it for you so we know we're accurate. Yeah, 17th RBI. See? I knew he got his 16th and 17th today. Got the 16th in that in the first driving in that run. And uh, bottom of the 7th, hit a solo shot to get a 17th RBI. See, Dougie Baseball? No screens, no subscription to Baseball America. I'll get back to the game. So anyway, Cody Reed then finishes it out. Pretty impressive, but all over the place. I'm pretty sure that he scared the hell out of Brandon Belt because he was up like three balls to no strikes on Brandon Belt. And then he put a get-me-over fastball 95 miles an hour. And then the next thing you know, he's striking out Brandon Belt. It was pretty funny because... I kind of uh, commented that uh, Cody Vaughn Reed, speaking of Rick Wild Thing Vaughn, he was kind of all over the place. And that Brandon Belt wasn't. And that mother, I hate to even talk about like this. Cody Reed's like 6'5 or whatever he is. So, I mean, he's a big human being out there throwing in these darts. And it's not like he's. Anyway, he is pleasantly wild. And uh, I, that really doesn't mean anything other than what I've talked about, Wandy Peralta. And you know, Wandy Peralta, when he's all over the place, but like around the plate, he's dangerous. But when he's not, he's really hittable. And that's what, why he gave up the four runs yesterday, because he wasn't, you know, kind of uh, all over the place, for lack of a better word. So he was just kind of throwing baseballs down the middle of the zone and getting rocked. Well, Cody Reed came in, and he was kind of like, you know, all over the strike zone in a good way. And Brandon Belt, I think, was scared. I mean, you just got to go watch it, and you would see it. Because I, I even said it in the comments in Resonation number 4192. So, Cody Reed finishes two and a third innings, one hit, strikes out four batters. Um, I think they're probably either going to probably send him or Peralta down Based on just the numbers, they got they probably ought to send Peralta down if he has options and let Reed reward Reed for this. But they could send Reed down. Who knows? Uh, because, anyways, l- let's get back to this. What happened? So that shuts out. Uh, the, not shuts out, but that ends the game. The Reds struck out eleven hitters, and the Reds were able to win this one uh, nine to two. So. What happened today as far as the game, Um, the good things? Well, let's get to the good things. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but I got some uh, other stuff to cover. So on the good things list, let's give the number one good thing to Yasiel Puig. Three for four, a run and two RBIs. You had a great game. Uh, You know what? Nick Senzel, I'm going to give you number two on the good things list. So you're two for two on the good things list. One for three with your solo shot. Um, just really impressive. Uh, you can tell the guy's super patient at the plate. And did you walk, you walk today too? Yeah, I had another walk. So yesterday he walked twice. Tonight he walked. He needs to be the leadoff hitter. I can't explain it any more than I already have. Um... Nick Senzel, congratulations. You're number two on the good things list. Number three on the good things list, I got to give it to my man Derek Dietrich, who goes yard again. Eighth home run. Just an amazing uh, streak this guy's on. I don't think they can sit him. I mean, he's on a, 
He's on pace for well over 30 home runs, and I don't think he's going to slow down when, you know, when he gets to 18, 19, 20. I think he's going to be put up a 32, 34, even 37 home run season. He's going to be in the 30s because the guy's got the natural loft, so they got to figure out a way to play him, which I don't know how they're going to do it. But anyway, congratulations, Derek Dietrich. And we'll even extend the good things to a number four. Suarez, you hit your eighth home run of the year. Hopefully you're going to heat up, man. You're not doing that great as far as uh, batting average. You're hitting two twenty one. Uh, all I can tell you is getting hotter. Uh, and he didn't hit his uh, eighth home run until like May 20th or May 26th, 27th last year. So he's well ahead of his uh, pace. This He's well ahead. Can we edit that out, engineer? He's well ahead of his pace of last year uh, when he hit 34 home runs and set a personal career best. So, Reds win 9-2. And, uh, well, maybe we ought to extend the good things list to five things. David Bell! You managed to get through a game only using two pitchers. I'm really proud of you today. But I don't think you had a choice today. I think you probably had a talk with Tanner Roark and said, man, you got to go seven. But then again, I know you didn't because you have nine relievers. But anyway, I'm not even going to extend it. Forget that. Let's erase that. Let's edit that out too, producer and engineer. Thanks. Okay. All right. So let's get down to the bad things list. Guess who's number one on the bad things list? He's going to be there until he removes Joey Votto from the leadoff spot. That's right. David Bell! Stop batting Joey Votto leadoff. You're ruining the twilight of his career. I've already covered it. Put Sinzel in the leadoff spot. You can keep Suarez second, and then you bat Votto third. It's not that hard. Use you Get in the now, man. Are you mental? Okay, number two. On the bad things list. David Bell. Quit batting your pitcher eighth. It's annoying. Number three on the bad things list. Now this is more honorary. Tanner Rourke. I told you the last three times. If you didn't get up, if you didn't go seven, you're going on the bad things list. So while this is in jest, ladies and gentlemen, Tanner Rourke is number three on the bad things list because he only pitched six and two-thirds innings. Of course, he did pitch six and two-thirds innings, four hits, two runs, two earned runs, two walks, and seven Ks. Um, ERA sitting at, what, 382? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, while Tanner Rourke, you are on the bad things list, it's more of a honorary position. You've been there the last three starts because you haven't gone to the seventh, but tonight, six and two-thirds innings. But this is Red's line. We have some rules. We follow rules around here. This isn't the Red's front office. We don't we don't like make up stuff as we go along and be like, oh, oh, uh, you know the dog from up? You know, so uh, we have some rules. Tanner Roark, you're number three on the bad things list. But it's all in good fun. It's not seriously in the bad things list like number one and number two, culprit David Bell. Okay, so the Reds won 9-2. Where do we go from here? Well, not too far. It's an afternoon game. It's the San Francisco Giants again. And uh, it's going to be 
Jeff Samarja, who we all know him from the Cubs days, against April and March's or March and April's National League Pitcher of the Month. 1.45 ERA, .99 whip. I think he's 3-1, and one, is that right? Luis Castillo, the man with the changeup. The right-handed Johan Santana changeup. So, that'll be an interesting game. If Luis Castillo can keep that changeup rolling, I don't think this Giants team has a chance against him. But, who knows? It is baseball. It's any given baseball Sunday, right? Not really. That was a reference from any given Sunday. It is about football, and there was also a movie with Al Pacino in it, about it, whatever. So, let's talk about these crazy moves. I don't really want to um, just be negative, but Dick Williams, you released Matt Kemp today, and you does, and you moved down Scott Shebler. And you have, you carried nine relievers today. Why on earth would a team ever need nine relievers? Not one would. You can't even use them all. Even David Bell, while he is using five relievers on average sometimes, at least four, even David Bell can't get all those guys in work. And then you just release Matt Kemp. Now, I read your little goofy article, and I guarantee you this is water carrying, about Matt Kemp maybe has an attitude, well, even San Diego and Atlanta did not release him. They're not that stupid. Just like you sent Brandon Phillips for two journeymen, double-A, 26, 25-year-old or whatever relievers or pitchers, and you paid him 13 or $14 million to play against you, no other front office would do this. Like... This is beyond the point of irresponsibility. This is roster malpractice at its finest. And I don't care what you're saying. Uh, Cleveland needed an outfielder. The Blue Jays needed an outfielder. When the Blue Jays wanted to trade Pilar, I mean, you probably could have made a deal and swapped Kemp for Pilar and paid the difference and had a center fielder. Uh, Mark Melancon, the last year of his deal or maybe in the middle year of his deal with the Giants. They needed an outfitter. They would have probably traded you Melancon, and then you could have had another reliever who had great success, or still has great success, been kind of injured, but at least you could have got something for him and, and, and pivoted that salary. But you guys don't know what you're doing. The gloves are off. Now, I tried all offseason to get you to trade Matt Kemp, to pivot that salary. You guys' problem is you waited until the season started, and then you had four or five starting outfielders, and then you couldn't get them all playing time. So you have no idea what Kemp's able to do. He produced in San Diego. He produced in Atlanta. And last year he had an all-star appearance again for the Dodgers. The only reason his numbers were even a little subpar, and they weren't even subpar, it was a nice average outfielder's offensive season was because uh, he was stuck in that four-man outfield rotation with Jock Peterson, Cody Bellinger, and uh, whoever else else they had out there. Uh, Puig, what am I talking about? Puig! So, you got nothing for Matt Kemp. I'm not even going to yell at you. Like, you, already, you just look stupid. 
and I don't. I guess I'll never get hired because I'm saying this, but like you're an investment banker. You don't. I, I already know that you don't know anything about player evaluations. You think Cato is uh, a good barometer uh, for players, and that's why you traded for Jose Peraza and Dilson Herrera. You chose Jose Peraza over Jose Ramirez. Are you kidding me? And they would have given you Mike Clevenger. It like I don't care at this point. I think that you're so bad at your job, Dick Williams, that you're hiding releasing Matt Kemp under the hoopla of the Nick Senzel debut. And that's how, like, you know the way that you uh, promoted yourself from GM to president of baseball operations to avoid the heat when Brian Price started off whatever, 3-15, and 3-18? and 18? I believe that this is as underhanded and, uh, like, what's how do you pronounce that word? Mischievous or whatever? I, I don't even know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. I just don't know how to pronounce the word. I don't have a book. No, that was a movie quote from uh, Dodgeball. I read it in a book. <laughs> I, like to drink a me- I like to break a mental sweat too, Kate. Anyways, so back to this Dick Williams. You think you're clever in the same way you promoted yourself so you would not get the heat from that Brian Price 3-18 and 18 start and you fired Brian Price. And now you think you're being clever by releasing Matt Kemp the same weekend that you bring up Nick Senzel to hide and to mask over this ineptitude because that's what it is. It's ineptitude. You're inept at your job. And I love the Reds more than I want a job with you. So I'm going to call it like it is, and I hope Bob Castellini hears this because you're not qualified to be a general manager. Other general managers in front offices and executives have told me when you go into negotiations, you, you don't even talk like a baseball guy. And other scouts have questioned a lot of the things you guys have done. And if people read closely enough in even the media, like Dick Williams, when you uh, made the trade for Matt Kemp and Yasiel Puig and Alex Wood and Kyle Farmer and you traded away Homer Bailey, why I agreed with that, you let them have two sweeteners in Josiah Gray and Jeter Downs. And they played you the same way the Yankees played you to get that draft pick. Thank God you got Sonny Gray to sign a long-term extension on the three years. But that was a sweetener that they tricked you into getting. And everybody laughed about it behind your back. This is all true. And I don't care because I I love the Reds more than I care about you or working for you. So I'm just going to say it how it is. So you give up the sweeteners, which was Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray. When that was a salary dump... That the Dodgers, well, not a salary dump, that cleared four roster spots off their 40-man roster. So you actually helped them. You didn't need to throw sweeteners in there. Now, if you would have had to throw like Vladimir uh, Gutierrez, that starter, I know he's in the top 10, I would have said, okay, this makes a little sense if you want to trade him because he's an international signing. And while I'm not discounting international signing, I believe draft picks are worth their weight in gold. And this Gutierrez, he's not an Acuna. He, you know, he's not like that. So I would have been okay if he was your sweetener on that deal. But 
your front office also took back Alex Wood, who has an injury history, and we have major problems. You guys don't know what you're doing. Your medical staff doesn't clear good players, and they clear bad players. Clearly, this is uh, documented. It's unhideable. So when you make these moves, Dick Williams, you have no idea what you're doing. I mean, it's when other people in baseball and I talk, everybody knows I love the Reds. Everybody knows every job I've ever applied for in Major League Baseball. Those people know I love the Reds because I make it, you know, it's pretty well known uh, that I do love the Cincinnati Reds. And Every time I talk to another scout or if I'm at a college baseball game in my backyard over here and I talk to these guys, they have no idea what you're doing. And while you – okay, so let's get back to what I was trying to say because I get off on in the ether, you know. So you go on Baseball Network and you were also interviewed and you said something that was really telling you let it out of the bag that teams said that you couldn't even come to talk to them because you didn't have the prospect. And how did you word it? You didn't have the prospect capital to engage with them in trades. Now, what does that tell you, Dick Williams? Um, there's always a way to make a deal. The San Francisco Giants, Brian Sabian, has made deals with no prospects for years. What does that tell you, Dick Williams? You actually hung yourself out to dry with the media and the national like baseball uh, family by saying what you said. And I'll repeat that. You said that you went into negotiations and before people would tell you that you didn't have the baseball uh uh, prospect capital to engage in talks. Now, no baseball general manager is treated like that, and I don't care what you say. That is because you're an investment banker and you don't even know about player evaluations. So how could you even negotiate? So while this probably Reds line number 33, not Reds line number 33, but game recap, 33 has probably buried me like if I was not buried before this like buries me another six foot so that's all I'm going to tell you uh Reds Nation this team is ran by a guy that does not know what he's doing and they hire you can see it Joe Girardi pulled his name out not because he didn't want to manage the Reds well yeah he didn't want to manage the Reds he didn't want to be told what to do by this front office and the funny thing is, how many times have we covered this on Red's line? We got new players. We got new manager. We got new coaches. The losing is still the same. And if you think this uh, little 9-2 game is any different than yesterday's 8-0 lead or 8-1 to lead or whatever they had, um, this Rodriguez guy was giving up gopher balls just like Beatty was giving up the gopher balls. So while I'm really excited about Nick Senzel, um, you know, the offense still has not proven itself to me or anybody in the game that uh, it's going to uh, continue this. Now, I hope that they rock Samarja tomorrow, but Samarja knows the Reds. He's, 
He's pitched against them a lot in the National League Central, so this could this could be really telling tomorrow. Um, but let's talk about the other news, and I can get off this sobering topic of Dick Williams being inept at his job, not knowing what he's doing. And it's obvious, Dick Williams. I mean, if you want to if you want to get your feelings hurt because I'm telling you how it is in uh, the stratosphere of the internet, that's fine. But look how bad you are at your job. This is the second player you have paid more than uh, $13 million for nothing. Brandon Phillips and Matt Kemp. I hope that when you're an old man and you die, and I don't hope you die, I hope you die of natural causes as an old man, that they put Brandon Phillips and Matt Kemp and their salaries in the years on your headstone on this is what this guy did. Because, I mean, this is a legacy that is beyond pathetic, and I don't have any apathy for you anymore. So all I can tell you, Cincinnati Reds, is you need to get on the phone with Tim Naring, and you probably need to bring him in as your president of baseball operations. I would probably keep Nick Crawl. Guy's a good guy. Guy's a good baseball mind. Let Tim Naring take over this team as far as the president of baseball operations. He'll bring in some good scouts. He'll start drafting better. This isn't going to happen this year because we all know David Bell's probably got three years. So Dick Williams probably got another three years at least. But I'm going to call it like it is. I'm not like, you know, I don't want to name names, but I don't need my picture taken with you, Dick Williams. So I'm going to call it how it is. Back to the other news. So Josh Van Meter, who was a Rule 5 pick and the Reds traded for him somehow, sort of, through the Padres, um, he's hitting 346 with like a 452 on base percentage, slugging 757, has 13 home runs, 31 RBIs, stole five bases, scored, I think he scored 26 runs. Man, I might be wrong on that. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's not that, but, uh, having a really good, uh, offensive season here. How many, was I right on that? Yeah, 26 runs, 37 hits. So Josh Van Meter was uh, purchased today. So I don't know what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, somebody's getting sent down. It's probably going to be a left-handed reliever. I'll put my money on it's going to be Wandy Peralta just because Cody Reed did a good job. But it could be very well be Cody Reed. There's people talking about... Um, Releasing Zach Duke, I don't think that's necessary. It's not his problem. He's, he's used incorrectly. I believe that it'll be Wandy Peralta or Cody Reed. If I was doing it, I'd, I'd get rid of. Uh, I'd, 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 I would uh, put Wandy Peralta back in AAA if he has the options. Uh, Josh Van Meter can play first, second, third, short. Was playing second base in the minors. I don't know if this is a good idea or not. Where's he going to play? He needs to play every day. There's been talk about his ceiling is that of a utility player. He could be that. He could be a utility player. Um, we've seen this time and time before with other prospects that just are really good AAA players. We call him a 4A player. Great at AAA, just not good in the majors. Uh, but you don't know, and that's why you got to play him. I don't know if Josh Van Meter is going to be – the real deal, 
or if he's going to be a utility player. Now, if he's a utility player, it's a great utility player because he can play all over the place. I think he can play left and right fields too. Uh, I don't know if he can catch. I probably not. He can probably play. I know he can play all infield positions though, and I know he can probably play left and right. So he would be a good utility player, but. The guy is just swinging the bat really good, and this might be a guy who blossoms later in his career, a la Max Muncie. So, while I'm really happy for Josh Van Meter, where are you going to play him? Now, if you guys pull Iglesias out and Peraza out, and you can fit him and all those other guys, I will go along with this, and I'll be like, oh, that's a good move. But right now, if I'm, if I'm trying to see what I got in Josh Van Meter... I want him playing every day in Cincinnati to show me what he's got. And you know what? Maybe they're going to do that. I just hope they don't sit Derek Dietrich. I hope they don't sit uh, anybody else, really. You know Winker's going to start the rest of the season. You know uh, Puig is. You know Sinzel's probably here for the rest of the season. Suarez, obviously. Joey Votto is. So they really have got to try and position sit. I'm sorry, the only thing you can really do is probably get Sinzel at shortstop if you're if you want to see how Van Meter plays and either use Dietrich in center field or if you're gonna use your crazy idea as Jesse Winker as a center fielder, I guess you could do that. And you could play Dietrich in left and Van Meter at second. I mean, those are your options. And uh if you just use him as a bench player, shame on you. And I'm not saying he's not a bench player, but you got to find out. So uh, you got to know, you got to play Josh Van Meter every day, just like you're going to play Nick Senzel every day. And if this means Peraza and Iglesias are benched and they're going to fit it that way, hallelujah, I'll go along with it. But uh, short of that, you guys have better uh, make some uh, really uh, big decisions here uh, in the next. Well, I don't know, uh, 18 hours before you play again? Well, no, it's even sooner than that. You'll probably, you'll be playing in about 12 or 13 hours, so you got some, you got some decisions to do. I'm going to put my money on Peralta. It's going to be sent down, and hopefully Josh Van Meter and Nick Senzel will start for the foreseeable future, especially before Jeanette gets back so they can see what they got in Van Meter. I mean, that makes the most sense. So, uh yeah, this Reds line has covered a lot of crazy stuff. It's covered David Bell's madness about batting Joey Votto leadoff when they have blueprints from other teams. Carlos Correa and and Francisco Lindor, both really similar hitters to Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel's probably better than them. Both let off. What does Cincinnati do? Well, game number one, they hit him second. This game, fifth or sixth. He's your... Bat him at leadoff. The guy can steal. The, Nick Senzel can probably steal you 30, 40 bags and steal them the rest of the season. He's got some wheels, man. So, anyways, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens tomorrow. Um, I know I didn't talk much about Scott Shebler, but the, 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 the Reds even hurt themselves because the Giants are probably going to pick up Kemp. If the Giants don't, the Yankees might. For the major league minimum, that's why the Reds front office, Dick Williams, you should be ashamed of yourself. While I know everybody's shaking your hand and you're getting texts about how awesome Nick Senzel is, you should be ashamed of yourself for releasing Matt Kemp. 
Just the same way that you should all be ashamed of yourselves for trading away Brandon Phillips, who did more for this Reds baseball team than anybody in your family, okay? I don't care what you say. And I know they've been around since for a long, long time. So maybe that's kind of uh, too harsh. But for you to uh, trade Brandon Phillips and not like let him have his last season in Cincinnati, and you paid $13 million, it, it just... You know, for all the credit you got for pivoting Homer Bailey's salary and you turned it, now you're releasing the $14.5 million or $14 million that you got to pay Matt Kemp, you lose all credibility. I'm sorry. And no, I'm not sorry. You should be sorry. So, Shebler, and this is what I want to say. The Reds should have traded Scott Shebler, but now they got Matt Kemp's going to sign with the Giants or the Yankees. And he, he might even sign with Cleveland, but I highly doubt that. I bet he signs with the Giants because he's a West Coast guy. The Yankees are another option because they are the Yankees and they need a right fielder or a left fielder or whatever. But uh, that's the two pretty good options. I believe he'll sign with the Giants, though. So while you just took an, Dick Williams, you just took a team that you could have traded Shebler to or even Kip off the market for another outfielder. Like, this is how bad you are at your job. And all for the sake of nine relievers for a for a Major League Baseball game? For nine relievers? To carry nine relievers? Four left-handers on game 33 of 2019? You couldn't have put Matt Kemp on this roster and tried to figure it out? Shame on you. So from the Little Apple all the way back to Reds country, I am uh, signing out, Reds Nation. This has been a very interesting Reds line, and I hope you guys learned a lot. I hope you guys liked it. I uh, really hope that uh, Nick Senzel explodes tomorrow afternoon. Of course, they might sit him. You know, he might need some rest. That's a joke, sarcasm. I... uh, I know I said from the Little Apple all the way back to Reds country, uh, Reds Nation, but it's still at the point where, uh, you know, there, it, it's, it's just unconscionable what Dick Williams has done to this franchise, what Walt Jockety has done to this franchise. And I'm just afraid that they're going to waste a lot of players and a lot of players are going to, like Joey Votto, his entire career has basically been wasted by Walt Jockety and then by extension Dick Williams. And now they got him leading off. How irresponsible as stewards, or uh, stewards, I'm sorry, it's not stewards, stewards of our favorite baseball team that you've done to Joey Votto and... You never give him a cleanup hitter. And I, and I was just talking good about Brandon Phillips. Brandon Phillips wasn't Brandon Phillips' fault. Brandon Phillips should have been hitting sixth or seventh uh, for all those years. Maybe even second, whatever. But anyways, shame on you. And uh, God bless the Cincinnati Reds. That's all I can say. So let's try it one more time. From uh, the Little Apple all the way back to Reds country. Good night, Reds Nation.